0: You're listening to Sirens, a true crime podcast, brought to you by the Sirens Network. The opinions expressed on this podcast are solely the views of the hosts and do not reflect the views of affiliates, associates, or sponsors of this podcast. A break from our regular programming for this special episode. This is Sirens, a true crime podcast. Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Sirens Podcast. Today, I have some special guests with me. Uh, We are actually going to talk a little bit about ethics again. This will be our third episode on the subject, but I wanted to bring in some outside perspectives um, in this discussion. So, I have with me today Curious Cousins Podcast. And I also have the wonderful Jax Miller.
1: I'm good. I'm good. So good to hear from you ladies. Oh, you too. I'm glad that you were
0: <laughs> available today.
1: No, that's fine. You, you actually caught me. I was buying frozen yogurt by the beach. Uh, okay, that sounds uh, amazing. <laughs> wow. How
0: come I'm not buying
1: frozen yogurt I by know. the beach? <laughs> I'm telling You you guys need to come out this way. I know. I want to. I know.
2: People keep saying this to us. I want to. Hi. Awesome. Hi. Hello.
1: Rock and roll.
0: Rock and roll. We're going to talk about some ethics. And um we're going to do kind of like a round table panel sort of style. I've got some questions that I'm going to posit to everyone. And then, kind I know. of, <laughs> Mandy,
2: don't get lengthy.
0: <laughs> the discussion <laughs> on we've already went into this. Mandy, don't get lengthy with the first question. Yes, because <laughs> because we are going to start with Mandy because Mandy teaches ethics, and gotcha. so we're going to make Mandy explain. Mandy teaches everything. <laughs> <laughs> Mandy does teach everything. Mandy, you overachiever. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So, I'm going to start with what is ethics? Question mark.
2: (laughs) So ethics is your moral compass. Without getting she's already she's
0: trying not to get. I know I'm trying not to do this long
2: version. How we're raised, how we look at how we look at situations um, through our parents' eyes, through our caregivers' eyes as children. And then as we get older, we create our own families, our own, you know, world around us as adults. And we either kind of branch off from, you know, what our parents have done or we create our own ethical values. And ethics, again, really doesn't have anything to do with your crime.
0: Yeah, that's that's the whole point, because you hear ethical, true crime everywhere right now. And ethical, true crime to me is just somebody saying, hey, Try to bring your morals and values into it.
2: Yeah, but it's relative. It's relative
0: to who you are. But I think that they are using it incorrectly, as in saying, be ethical when you're doing true crime. Well, what does that mean, though?
2: Well, (laughs) and there
0: are different forms of ethics.
2: There are ethics, and people think ethics mean thou shall not kill. Okay. It does mean that, but that is also a written law that is supposed to be followed by everyone. So people think oh well that's my ethical. Well that's a written law. So that should be your ethical value because that's what you think. That's right. not because it's a written law. What you think is written. right.
0: What you think is right, not what everyone is telling you is right or wrong. Exactly. Right. That's
2: what ethics is. Ethics is are not you can have ethical contracts with yourself and say okay, I'm going to mow my lawn because You know, everybody in the neighborhood wants everyone to have great lawns. So, I'm going to make this contract with myself that I'm going to mow my lawn. I'm going to keep, you know, my house up because that's what I feel I need to do ethically because everybody, so everybody can feel kind of Mm -hmm. copacetic, you know. Right. But you're not doing that because it's in your neighborhood contract that Mm -hmm. you have to keep your yard up. Right. And so, that's the difference in ethics is... You know, we talked about utilitarianism.
0: Yeah. That's a form of ethics. Yeah. Well, explain what that is to our listeners. What?
2: So, utilitarianism is when the, it kind of goes with the majority. So, say you were trying to save some people in an intersection, and a car was coming, you had to save some of them, and you have either a big section of five people or a section of two people. And they're separated, mm-hmm. you decide you're gonna save the section of five people because there's more right so those so the five people plus you are saved, the two people die
0: okay what if one of those people cured cancer? I think what you're saying is basically there is no wrong choice here well it's up to you to decide what's right it, in that situation it is
2: and you can't and what it is is you can't put a price tag on any decision right so the best thing we can do is look at a situation from all sides Mm -hmm. and assess the best decision we can make in that time from our moral compass right not from what other people would do not from the written laws yes we should follow the written laws don't think i'm thinking that we're not supposed to (laughs) don't
0: kill people please but that's
2: just not what ethics is ethics is doing it because that
0: is your That is your process. So then, to you, Mandy, what does ethics in true crime mean?
2: Well, it means looking at a situation or a case from all sides. Yeah. Um, Exactly that. When you take a case and you review it and you put it on a podcast, you know, or you put it out on social media somewhere because you're trying to help get awareness for it, Right. you look at it from all sides, not just from your side, not just from the perpetrator's side, but from the victim side, from the victim's family side, from everyone from involved, the perpetrators'
0: family side, yes, yeah. from their yeah. family side
2: too, because yeah. they're also victims. Right. So when you do that, you look at a situation from every side, and then you make a decision on how to go forward with putting that out in social media. That would be ethical for everyone involved,
1: Jackson. You know, I think to put it in context, what we're seeing a lot of in true crime now uh, is, you know, you have a lot of Victims, a lot of families of victims want to be heard. Right. They want their stories told. Many do not. It's a personal choice. And what we're seeing more of are, are you know, not even journalists, but especially these, these armchair sleuths and, you know, people who are really not in the profession that are really, uh, I, I don't know if invading is the right word, or some of them have been exploitive. Right. And what we're seeing is these people, you know, victims and families of the victims saying, please stop. You are fanning the flames. You are sensationalizing. You're being exploitive. And a lot of these people are like, well, well hey, free speech to me. You right, know, and yeah. I think that that's something that we're seeing so much of really in the past couple of years is, you know, where is the line? And I think that that's why more and more people are now coming forward talking about true crime ethics, because there's been so much exploitation, so much sensationalism by people who are who really only have themselves. You know, they're they're only invested in themselves and self-interest. So that's what I'm seeing. Oh, a wow. Lot
2: that's so correct.
0: Yeah,
1: oh, that's and, right.
0: and yeah. this is just the portion in which we are bringing up some topics that we can kind of delve into further. Tiffany? Well... What does ethics in true crime mean?
3: I I am a big proponent for, you know, we, do, we are looking at all the sides. Mm-hmm. And because I think most of us have only seen true crime from, like, the 48 hours standpoint or from documentary standpoints. And here we are glorifying these criminals Mm -hmm. and that's what people see when there are so many other people that were affected by this crime. And kind of what you said, like one thing that I always try to remember is that the, that the criminals family, they're just as big as victims as their actual victim. Mm -hmm. And so I always, you know, I hate when people or some podcast will put like their whole laundry list of all their family members and stuff. I'm like, a lot of these people are still alive and have Mm -hmm. to live with this every day. Mm -hmm. And it's not my job. It's just my job to tell the story and to make people aware and to, you know, advocate for the victims. But I'm also advocating for the other set of victims who, you know, they still have to live every day knowing that their loved one did something atrocious, so I just, I think it's one of those very sensitive things that you just have to be aware of.
4: With our podcast, we, we aren't just true crime, so we try to, you know, say from the start, like, we're not experts, but, you know, this is the story, and we try to be very sensitive to, um, like Tiff said, not naming names, especially if there's, like, children involved that are still alive, Mm -hmm. because, you don't know, they, they probably don't want their business out there, and yeah. you just kind of have to keep all that in mind, especially if it's the perpetrator's family. I mean, I can't even imagine how you know what they go through. Mm-hmm. So, you just have to be very conscious, and aware, and sensitive.
2: Well, and I think that a lot of times, bringing back utilitarianism, but I think a lot of times social media or platform, I'm just going to use platform, in okay. general to bring out a yeah. case because there's so many, it would, yeah. I think... A lot of times we get on that utilitarianism mode where it's... Where th- someone
0: says... Someone says... This is what's right and this is what's not right. And then everybody just kind of follows that. The majority kind that. of, you know, you follow along with that. And a lot of times they might be right. They they might have some validity to what not they're ethics. saying. But the point is, is that you have to think for yourself, is that is that actually right? It, or, or am I just kind of following the...
2: Yeah, I mean, ethics is a really hard thing to, you know, and I've went into detail with you before on what ethics is, and I could go on and on and on. (laughs) At the end of the day, it really is trying to do the best you can with the situation in front of you when you've looked at all sides of of a situation, and you've really taken into account everyone's thoughts, views, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. their moral compass. Right,
0: right. So I want to jump back to Jax for a minute, because she brought up the point of sensationalism in true crime and I think that the first and foremost we need to say like what is sensationalism what kind of things have you seen jacks in sensationalizing true crime
1: well yeah, I, I just wanted to to uh, jump back to what your what your guests were saying or what was screaming to me the whole time while you we were talking you know when when you're saying that we have to consider the perpetrators family and things like this mm-hmm. a thousand percent mm-hmm. and what kept jumping out to me is i keep thinking of jeffrey dahmer's father of course we know that dahmer just came out on netflix and that's like a perfect example of sensationalism and you know right now we have jeffrey dahmer's uh father trying to sue netflix or or producers or something along those lines you know um sensationalism you know we have these i'm using dahmer as an example because it's, it's something we keep hearing about in the news but we have the families. You know, we covered this in Oxygen. The families are screaming, stop. You did not have our permission. You you, you didn't even have the courtesy to notify us. Now we're having to see our loved one's murder gruesomely depicted on a very popular series before the eyes of millions of spectators. Like, you know, where's the line? And then there are Halloween costumes of Dahmer. And, you know, parents dressing up their children as Dahmer was a little toy drill. And it was really... You know, I, I I was kind of taken aback. But, you know, and I've talked about this a lot um, on, on social media. You know, I, I I've become close with with the children of killers through my own work in, in Hell in the Heartland. They're they're amazing people. I mean, I, I love them, but and my heart goes out to them because they're like, you know, we know that our right. parents, mm-hmm. our right. fathers, in this case, did horrible things, um, but they're still our fathers. And we're, we're, and we're seeing left and right, I hope they burn in hell, they're they're the devil, you know, and it's like, yeah, they did horrible things, but it's so hard to, you know, like, how do you come to terms with that? It bleeds into um,
0: legalities, if you will, for, like, defamation mm-hmm. and stuff like that, um, but again, back to your point, yeah, there's a law telling us that we shouldn't defame people, but ethically we we just shouldn't want to defame people
2: and and, and people get ethics and the written law confused right and it really is not the same yeah we should not want to do it because our more we should morally know that it's wrong
0: like for instance saying that someone killed someone may be a fact saying someone is a monster for doing that is your opinion Yes, right. and that is where you start sensationalizing.
1: Right, and neither one is defamatory in the eyes of the law. You can't, you know, you can't go after somebody for, for posting their opinion or, you know, free speech. I mean, name one person that you know that's ever been in trouble for, for, for a defamation. <laughs> oh, yeah, not a lot. Not no, a lot.
2: but people shouldn't want to do it because yeah. they want to bring awareness and
0: ethics to I mean true crime uh, back to the point like they still have family around like if you were sitting in front of their family members even though they perpetrated these crimes would you still say the things you're saying would you still call them a monster would you still still say that they're uh quote batshit crazy or like whatever people you know say would you still say that if they were sitting right in front of you and if you feel like you would probably be uncomfortable saying that in front of someone, why would you just, why would you say it?
2: You know, what like you think about think it of? if it were your family. Mm-hmm.
0: No. You know. Yeah.
2: You made me just think of the book I just read. If I did it. Oh. The OJ Simpson book.
0: Oh, right. Yeah.
2: And the reason I'm bringing that book up is because Ron Goldman's family run the rights to that book. Mm-hmm. And. They put an excerpt in the beginning of the book stating why they did what they did, getting Mm -hmm. the book, and they had a lot of people defame them because they sued him for the book. Oh. And they said, but it's either we don't fight, we do nothing, Mm -hmm. or we get him anywhere we can. Yeah. And this is the only way we can get him is through his pocketbook. Well, You know, and they they knew they weren't really going to see the money. That wasn't their consideration. It was just Mm -hmm. to hurt
0: him in some, Mm -hmm. you know, some point but to that point though they are the victims in that case yes and that's mm-hmm. the they the aren't difference. someone talking about but the people are still
2: defaming case. them yeah they're Every i day.
0: mean they're the one if anyone has a right to do it they're the ones well, that... I,
1: you know oj simpson isn't the most ethical of people either
0: no. <laughs> <knew>. no. No. <laughs> the biggest point to how can you be ethical i think points to Treating others the way that you want to be treated—I know people have heard that trope, the golden rule, the, the golden—the yeah. whole their whole lives—but it is true; it's hundred percent true in everything that you do, including true crime. Yeah. Just sit and think about it. Well, if I told this story from the victim's standpoint, how would I feel if I were the victim? If I were the victim's family, how would I feel if I were the suspect? If I were the suspect's family, mm-hmm. like just because they've done horrible things doesn't mean that you have to stoop to a level of disrespect, you know? Exactly.
4: Well, and a lot of times, too, I think some of the, like, the um, perpetrator's family, they knew a completely different person, and they didn't know this person that did all of these horrendous things yeah and so I, you, you know. see that
0: a lot with serial killers mm-hmm. and their wives or their kids and mm-hmm. and the wives and kids yes. are like we had no idea and then you have people on the other side going, how could you not know about this well they never saw that person right, right. we saw that with one recently yeah. in the carla
2: walker case
0: Oh, yeah. We yeah. saw that
2: for, you know, with our own eyes I would recently. say
0: accused serial killer. We don't know if he was a serial killer, but we think that he was a serial killer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say my ethics. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, but I'm but you see that
3: with like BTK. Oh, I mean, yeah. I read his daughter's book, A Serial Killer's Daughter, and it really like it pulled at my heartstrings because... They didn't know no idea at all. And here she grew up with this man who she mm-hmm. revered and loved, and this was her father. Mm-hmm. and then here she is starting, you know beginning to start her own family and then, you know two thousand and five hits and her father is arrested and then you know, and it's it, to them it's out of nowhere. right. and it was and how yeah. her mother and her had to go into hiding and her brother and mm-hmm. it's you know, you really feel for them because, you know, yeah, these other families lost loved ones, but she really lost a loved one, too. Yeah. It's like her father essentially died in a way, mm-hmm. and, you know, people said nasty, ugly things to her and her mother. and
0: Well, it, and it, and they accused them of being the same kind of person. Exactly. Well, you, you had to have known. You see that guilty by association. Yeah. Right, and, yeah. right. And it's just not true. And I think we need to cut that. That's one of the things we need to cut out of, mm-hmm. out of mm-hmm. true crime,
3: period.
2: Well, yeah, because that... J- just because one person did something does not
3: mean the rest of their yeah. family. Yeah. They're is, not all aiding and abetting. Well, no, yeah. yeah.
2: And I, okay, I'm going to go back to my psycho babble Uh-oh. here, <laughs> but a serial killer or a psychopath was born that way. They were born without the empathy part of their brain yeah. showing up mm-hmm. on a scan. Mm-hmm. It, you can see a scan of Ted Bundy um, brain and you can see that it's in their prefrontal cortex and their brainstem. Mm-hmm. And, that is something they're born with. That is not something that their sister, you know, I mean, they could, but I'm just saying. Probably
0: doesn't have the same no. mm-hmm. brain skin. so <laughs>
2: that is not something that you're going to go, oh, well, his wife has it. Yeah. Uh, it, it, that's, that's just not, not, how not the works. way it works. It's not
0: contagious. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: but I, but I think a lot of people think it is. Jax, do you find that writing your... Writing, you your know, are your stories that people think that's like contagious almost. I think as a society,
1: it's it's more what makes us feel safe. And it's, it makes us feel safe when we can separate ourselves and says they're the monsters. At least I'm not out killing people. At least I'm not the one who mm-hmm. killed my child. That At makes least I'm not dismembering bodies. You know, I, that makes me superior. Do you, do you see? And, uh, yeah. You know, just just going back in general, I, I, th- I think a big part that really comes into ethics, too, is a lot of people forget true crime has become a big business, if you will. And so that's much not, overrides yeah. ethics for some people, especially money, book deals, uh, movie deals. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of things that override ethics. And that's not just in true crime, that's any business. That's a no, great that's, point, yeah. because
2: it's like you sell yourself, is a great point, even yeah. you sell your ethics
0: for for the bottom yeah for a buck yeah Yeah. and i do think that the flip side of that is that a lot of people that consume true crime don't understand that most of us don't get paid at all for what we do no Mm -hmm. um (laughs) that we don't make any money off of it
1: (laughs) Uh, i do i get a lot of hate are you kidding me
0: I get hate all the time. <laughs> but yeah, but that's the other thing is that, you know, they also don't realize how much time and effort and your own chunk of change you put into it, into delving into cases like this, because most of you, and I don't want to speak for you, but most people who do things like, you know, a book or whatever, they want us, they want to try to get a solve. They want to help these families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and they put
2: their heart and soul. I mean, just like Jax, I know you did. I know you
0: did. I mean, I, we know you spent four years on this. And
1: but a lot of people don't. A lot of people really don't. I know.
0: <laughs> and and that is the issue. That yeah. That's the issue that we're coming to is that I think people need to stop and, and look at what their reasoning is behind the story that they're telling. Whether it's a podcast or an article or a book, whatever it is. Like, what's your motivation for it? And if it's anything other than, you know, telling the stories for the victims, all the victims in the story and doing it in a way that they would approve of.
1: I think you hit the nail on the head. That's ethics. That's when you stand back and ask yourself, look into your heart. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? That's ethics to me you hit the nail on the head
0: and it's not you're asking someone else why am i doing this you're no. asking yourself
1: why you're doing your soul searching it, 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 it's a search within your own soul it right. really is because and, and you might even start with good intentions and then you start to turn you know you, you get consumed by money and mm-hmm. ego and all that stuff that comes with with some success um so, you know, I, I think that that's what ethics is, is taking a step back, looking into your own heart, saying, why am I here? Why am I doing this? Is it for the right reasons?
0: And and then you also have to ask yourself, because just like you mentioned, you know, you are going to catch flack from yeah. from a lot of people. There's always like a divided line on why people think you're doing this, whether you mm-hmm. tell them, you know, why or not. And you're going to catch flack. So if you can search your soul before you do it and say, I'm OK with that, because my reasoning is you know a higher purpose then you know that's how you proceed with it well
2: and their ethics might be different than yours right and And yeah that's everybody's ethical compass could be different and that's why i go back to saying people were raised a certain way it depends on a lot of different factors religion communities um from one side of the United States to the other. I talked mm-hmm. to my students about this. You go from the North to the South and gun control is a huge, is, it's a diff is, you know, right. differing. Yeah, it's very differing from, and, and, and so people think that, well, we have to have the same thoughts on that. Right.
0: But we all have to think exactly. But you, alike. But you
2: don't. And if you don't, that's okay. Yeah. You know, it's okay that you all don't have the, the same thoughts. It's, what you're doing is is you know Jacks and, and Raven you what they y'all just said going inside yourself and looking and assessing a situation completely on all sides of the box right for yourself and and saying okay ethically this is what I want to do and I feel good in doing this and if it's right. the wrong decision you learn from it right and you try to make a b- better decision next time
3: yeah I am a hundred percent agreeing with everything you're saying because you know. As podcasters, we do get people saying, do this case and do this mm-hmm. case. And a lot it's of them. It's not that simple. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're like, okay, thanks for your recommendation. Yeah. And then you start to look into it and you're like, wow. You yeah. know, I I, I I, don't know how I we can get plenty of come those. into this. And, you know, of course I have a list and I'm like, well, you know, we'll try to get to it. And we have one case right now sitting that um, a family really wants us to do mm-hmm. and, but, the alleged perpetrator is walking around free. He's been tried. Those are very hard. But it's almost like, okay, we could get in huge trouble for, yeah. you know, stirring this all back up. But when you look at some of it, you're kind of like, oh, because, you know, the victim's mm-hmm. daughter is alive. It's his daughter too. Right. And We had something like that yep. basically
0: with the, with the DeVinny case that yes. we did. Yeah, we it's did. like the person that everyone thinks did this Has never gone to trial. They are walking around in that town. Like, no repercussions have ever happened to them. So, now we're just pointing the finger at people. Yes. And so, I think in things like that, you really have to make sure that you are conveying just facts Mm -hmm. when it comes Mm -hmm. to that person. And you have to, in a way, let the listener or reader or whatever make up their own right. mind about it, yeah. if, if you want to continue with a case like that, which is yeah. what we ended up doing.
2: Ethically, we knew there were some dangers, and yeah, I'm going to say dangers, dangers, because yeah. there were,
0: yeah, are
2: some dangers. Well, and
0: I know Jax has a lot of experience with yes, that. Yes. From, you know... From the hell in the heartland, Yeah, book, just, just I'm
1: that. I'm joking, I'm
0: joking. <laughs> 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 Who, me?
2: <laughs> but at some point, it's like, I don't know if you've, if, you know... Jax, I know you you talked a little bit on the doc, you know, on the documentary, but it's like, at some point you just say, okay, I feel I have to tell the story.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I have to take this chance because in my moral, my ethical tells me I have to. Yeah. What led you to kind of say, you know what? I know there's dangers, but I have to get the story
1: out there. Um. You know what it was? I didn't, you know, I, I, I admit, I went into it for very different reasons. I'm a writer. <laughs> I, I had a, I had a, a writing career. I was there to write a book, go home, and collect a check, essentially. Yeah. And then I fell in love with the family. I fell in love with Lorreen and Lisa, cool. and mm-hmm. it became a part of me. And then everything else came second. Then it was like, forget about the book. Forget about everything else. I really just wanted to help the family in any way I could. And, you know, I think that was my one and only true crime in me, though, to tell you the truth. Um, and you know, I, I, I don't have much of a desire to help. More families anymore. I just really wanted to help them and I still try to help them. You know, I, I, I'm still in touch with them and we do what we can to, yeah. on that story. But uh, there are those
0: cases that like take it all out of you.
2: And, and so you're like, yeah, this but, is all I can
0: do. <laughs>
2: but I would still fight for them day and night. I would still fight for them. We're so grateful that you were able to tell their story because yeah. that story really needed to be told.
0: Yeah. And there are a lot of stories out there that still need to be told, but we all need to tread lightly i mean you know you could have plenty of reasons to go into it but once you get in there you could figure out something's not going to go the way you think it's going to go or or you know you have some pushback from family whether it's you know on one side or the other the victims or the suspects and and there's just a lot of reasons that you really have to have that gut instinct to know i need to tell this person's story to continue moving forward with it yeah but um on that note I want to jump into advocating for the victims. What can we do and what do we see now in true crime where it's obviously just sensationalism that they're not in it for advocacy in any way. And then the ones that are in it, what's the differences what's the differences you see in how they present a case and how you know, oh, well, they're just in it for entertainment.
1: I don't know. It's just, I can't read people's hearts. I, I, I really don't know. I, I think. Oh, that was a good answer. I, I think, said. Yeah. I think some people make it more obvious than others. I think it's kind of like, you know, your gut feeling. You tend to learn quickly who's in it for what and why. And, um, you know, but not always. And, you know, I mean, who am I to judge? Who am I to judge? Who, who's in it for the right or wrong reasons? I, I, that- I don't know is the perfect answer.
0: I
2: know. I'm so glad
1: I (laughs) had her go first. (laughs) That really
0: is. That's that we discussed. We discussed this um, previous and that is basically the answer that we came up with. It's uh, it's not our job to judge. (laughs) Yeah. So that leads me into trying to teach instead of condemning because you see a lot of cancel culture right now Uh and some things are merited some things aren't some things are taken a little too far some things are taken out of context a lot of times it's he said she said but in the true crime world right now we're seeing a lot of people political (laughs) we're seeing a lot of people point the finger and say you did this and it's unethical and instead of trying to get the whole story, like if you really want to be nosy, go ask them what happened, you know, or ask them how they are, are handling it, how they're trying to change things. And instead of saying, well, you did wrong, we're going to shun you. Like, shouldn't, shouldn't we be
3: embracing and saying, how can we help you change this? At the core of it are, you know criminal justice system in penitentiaries. Originally, we were supposed to do that. Yeah. We were supposed to reform them. That was the whole purpose. That was the point. And, of course, it hasn't been that way for hundreds of years mm-hmm. now. It's been more of just that punishment. But you're right. Like, How can we take this awful thing that someone did and how can we change their thoughts and their opinions so that they can see, see what they did was wrong? Right. And then change... Everybody else's, and why? And
0: why is it wrong? Yeah, is the biggest question, right? Is it wrong? I mean, that's that's the uh, philosophical question, I guess. Is why is it wrong, and why do you feel like you are the judge and jury mm-hmm. to sit and point the finger and say, "Let's cancel this person because what they did was wrong"? Right. Well,
2: and I, I think it's fear, yeah,
0: yeah, no, and yeah, yeah. Uh, you and know, intimidation, mm-hmm. and a lot of. A lot of people, I think, are intimidated by more successful people, and a lot of people like to drag those people down because they think they can climb over them and climb to the top, and that's just not how it works. Well, and I, I
2: can add that sometimes when we we use that utilitarianism, I love that word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that my, that's the word of the day. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, <laughs> I love that when I teach that. Um So I think sometimes when we use that mindset, which is what this is, um, I feel like people that you say this about or you have, you know, issue with their ethics or, or however that works out maybe they don't know that yeah. maybe they don't have a problem with their own ethics and this is the thing too we don't know what goes on behind closed doors and right. we do not know what goes on in conversations right. and just because we don't agree with it does not mean that we have the right to say that you're wrong if we do not know the facts and we
0: yeah we don't even have all of the information and
2: right. I, I think sometimes people put themselves in in inside of situations they don't need to be in Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we have to stay
0: in our lane. Right. That's another thing. It's like, how does it concern you? I mean, I, I feel like that it gets us away from what we're trying all to do, which is to bring awareness. Well, and, and I feel like that some of these people think that they are elevating themselves as, as advocates when they point out other people's, you know, downfalls or mistakes and it somehow elevates them up uh-huh. to be over, you know, over them. But that's not really, that's not how it works. There's a
1: really. lot of opportunists uh, in, this, in this business.
2: Yeah, and it's, you know, it gets us, like I said, it gets us away from the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And then everybody starts looking at all the drama going on and stops looking at what we really need to be looking at, which yeah. is getting, you know, there's never any resolution, but getting justice for these These victims' families and these victims. Right.
0: And, you know, you have to think of it this way, too, is that when you go into whether you are thinking about being a true crime writer or whether you're thinking about being a podcaster or whether you're thinking about making a documentary, whatever it is, and you have decided that it it is something you want to do, it fits your ethics, you're you're okay with doing it, and you want to move forward... Like I think that there's a point in which you have to I don't know. You really need to not worry anymore about what other people are going to say or think. Uh-huh. Because like I said, there is going to come a time you're no one is ever going to agree with you fully. No, yeah. ever.
2: That's why we all are our <laughs> own people. <laughs> right.
0: Right. You know? Someone's and, always going to be upset. Yes, Someone's always going to yes. think you did it. And that wrong. comes down to should we And how should we include the victims or the victims' families in what we do? Jax, what do you think?
1: You know, I know everyone approaches it very differently. So I'm going to say it's personal. Like, like for me, I can't imagine writing a book without the family's blessings. You know, just personally, not a sentence or a thing that I wrote or did went anywhere unless I passed it through the Bible to Freeman. Now, every writer that I know says you're crazy. <laughs> you know, like, I know <laughs> what everyone does. And, you know, so I think it, it, it has to be one of those personal choices. Um, that said, I don't like it when families are begging true crime creators to stop, and they don't. That's what right. kind of grinds my gears. It's not that they don't have the permission, but they're like, stop. You're going to interfere with our case. You're spreading bullshit. Excuse my French you know um and and, right. and and they're continuously causing a problem and then hiding behind it's journalism it's free right mm-hmm. which i think is bullshit
2: well and that that's a perfect example right there of of why we have to use our own you know our own moral compass because hi i mean we can't sit there and just keep
0: driving that nail into a family that doesn't want it Mm -hmm. well and we don't know i mean on on the other end of that we don't know how long you know let's say it's a book we don't know how long that's been going on we don't know if if they've changed their mind if they've butt heads you don't know what goes on behind closed doors so that is a decision that that writer or that podcaster has to make on their own. Well, we don't know how they
2: cope. We do not know how these victims or these victims' families or the perpetrators' families cope. We do not know. Everyone has their own coping styles, Mm -hmm. own coping mechanisms. Some people don't know how to cope. I've seen people sit beside each other you know, on a curb and one is crying hysterically and the other one is stoic. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, the one that's stoic doesn't care. That is not what that means. They have their own way of coping. And some people, uh, most people compartmentalize, Mm -hmm. but some people don't. Some people want to get it out right up front. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some people compartmentalize for years and years and hold it and hold it. So we don't know. We go into these cases blind. We do not know how these families are going to react or what they're going to think.
0: And there's a lot of people to consider.
2: Yes. And so you have to take all that into mind and really think about all of these factors Mm -hmm. before you make the decision to tell their story or how you're going to tell their story or what's going to go into telling their story.
0: And if you're a... a a podcaster or you you have a youtube weekly channel or you know you're even a crime writer like jack's like we are coming across so many cases like there are just cases flying across our desks mm-hmm. and it's like you are moving on to a new family with a new web of people yes. attached to them and they're not going to be the same as the they're, case before right.
3: right have y'all found that in your yes <laughs> i often sit here you've made me think about where do we draw the line between information and education right. and entertainment? Right. Exactly. Right. Because in my mind, like even though it was a great film, mm-hmm. the the Ted Bundy film with Zach Efron. Oh yeah. Starring, oh yes. Yeah. yes, yes okay. Yes, so yes. is this entertainment or was this informational? Yeah. Because here you have this big star mm-hmm. that People are in love with, I, I say this because my kids are weirdly attached to High School Musical right now, and we've been watching yeah. it. My daughter went through that phase oh my, already. Yes, and, my mom is still in that phase. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you look at, like, what Zac Efron has become, and then he plays this role of Ted Bundy. And you're like, okay, is this informational? Is this advocating for victims? Is this getting the story out there, mm-hmm. or... Are you doing this for entertainment?
0: You're bringing up a a thing in my brain that correlates to what you're saying is that sometimes, because that was based off of a book, Mm -hmm. right? It was based off of the book from the girlfriend who told her side of the story. Great read. Mm -hmm. Great from her point of view. But did it translate well? Right. Right. And should it have, you know, should Mm -hmm. we have made that? Because when you watch it,
3: it is very sensational. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. And kind of the same with the the Dahmer one that came out where everyone mm-hmm. started dressing as Dahmer for Halloween. And, just. Mm. I <laughs> mean, in my classroom, I had to outlaw his name <gasps> because these uh, fifth graders oh are sitting God. here, you know. Romanticizing, yeah, exactly. And I looked at them one day, and this I think was when the podcaster and me came out, and I was like, Mm -hmm. "You will not say his name again in my classroom, unless you have a legitimate question." There are loved ones of his victims still alive, and you don't know who they are. They could Mm -hmm. literally be in this class. They're not in my classroom, but but they they could. They could be. I don't know that, and. And just like we talked about before, like his father is still alive and has to live with what his son did yeah. for the rest of his life.
0: Yeah, and and that point of you never know who you're talking to. I literally had let's let's jump into what happened to me last week. Um, I literally had someone jump into our DMs and started bad mouthing one of the suspects in our, one of our previous um, episodes. Turns out, um, well, one of the victims who had a rap sheet, okay, uh, turns out she didn't know that he was my cousin. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so
3: you just, you never know who you're talking to. Right. Mm -hmm. But I like what you said. Like, no matter what somebody has done, it doesn't warrant them to lose their life. Right. It doesn't warrant them to be beaten. No. You know.
1: When Jeffrey Dahmer, the Halloween costume came out, Can you imagine opening the door to a trick-or-treater and finding your son's killer? Oh my God! Can, can, like, you, can you imagine that kind of trauma? That that trauma, no. you know that, that I, I cannot imagine. It. It, and it pissed that yeah. that pissed me off something awful. And I went on a rampage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, because I mean, you just you don't know whose door right. you're going to show up on. Right? It could well, in fact, be you know a victim family. You don't know, okay. and and if you want to maintain ethic and an ethical essence. Then I think that you really should think before you speak. That's just mm-hmm. you should yeah, you have to have some kind of filter. Yeah. You well, you have to be able to think, "Well, would I get upset if this person said something about my whatever?" Well, yeah. So, I'm going to throw a scenario out. Okay, you guys ready? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So we are all, I think of us all as colleagues in this genre here. If we found out that someone had treated someone disrespectfully, let's just say a victim family member, uh, and it was a one-time incident, how would we handle that? How do we go, how do we move forward from there?
2: I I just feel like, again, I kind of like to stay in my lane. Mm -hmm. And I feel, I feel like my job is to teach students to take what I teach them and what they learn out into the world to become advocates, police officers, lawyers, I mean, counselors, it goes on and on. Teachers, mm-hmm. hopefully maybe a professor of what I do sometimes, at some point. <laughs> some of you I've taught, that's what you need to do. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I give them the skills to take in the world to try to be good advocates for crime I don't know the right word kind of on the fence about some of that because I feel like I want them to do what they need to do to become that person right but I want them to listen to me (laughs) and so so I'm just like you know how do you so basically what I'm saying is is that I want them to take what what I can teach them out into the world and make it their own Mm -hmm. and when I condemn someone for something they've done and I condemn them and tell my students it'd be like me condemning and telling my students you can't you need to not think that you need to right there when you go out in the world you can do whatever you want but don't do that you know and I'm telling them that and then I'm expecting them to take that in the world and keep that yeah and to Mm -hmm. me that's not right
0: yeah and so because that's your your opinion your that's my opinion
2: so basically what I'm saying is I think you cannot put your opinion into the process and try to feed it into other people to take with them forever. You have to let them take in their own information from what went on Mm -hmm. and, and bring their own conclusions. Well, and that's why I bring my students into it because I feel like anything that I feed them and is, they're going to take it to heart because Mm -hmm. that's what they're supposed to do. And they're going to take that in the world. And what if I Mm -hmm. feed them something that is totally inappropriate or yeah. completely unethical, right. you know, an ethical, com- I mean, written law, any law, mm-hmm. just an ethical mm-hmm. period and have them take that in the world with them. Yeah. Hopefully I would know that they know, dif- they would know the difference, but some of them don't. And, you know, and when you're on a platform like a podcast or a writer, or you have something that you can use that influences the public, it's, it's the same situation right. as right. my
0: students. Right. Right and I really that I think that's that why way. you see a lot of, of people say, keep your opinions out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you don't want, I mean, to, you can always add your experience
2: and they want your experience. Yeah. The, uh, most of my your students want, is my, great. Mm-hmm. want my experience. And yeah. I think a lot of our listeners want our experiences, mm-hmm. but what they don't want the for thing, us to tell
0: them how to think
2: is for yeah. us to shove things down their throat yeah. and expect yeah. them to take that away yeah. and keep it mm-hmm. because that's not fair right. to listeners. It's, it's dumbing down my students. It's dumbing down listeners, and I don't think that's right.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I actually thought of an example. Um, you know, I, I I hate to keep going back to Hell in the Heartland, but because that's my my point of reference. But I I, I remember I, I was doing um, I was doing one of those radio tours with my publishers, and someone brought up a question. You know, why would Lorene leave her child? Like just blaming Lorene, and I went right, off. Yeah, I went off, and my publisher's like, what the you doing <laughs> like, <laughs> like what are you doing and, and you know and I had to scale it back and I talked to Lorraine like well why'd you do that <laughs> and, and it was a real learning experience for me it's not my lane essentially it's not my yeah. lane and yeah. I think this is years ago when I was very new you know to to a true crime writing So you know you learn and I, I but, but that was a big learning moment where it's not my place it's not my place right. to defend them. Now, if they ask me, I might reconsider, you know, bringing my New York out a little bit. Sure. But <laughs> but, but but what I've also found, and, and, and this is just my personal experience, is that a lot of the people who are doing that, they're opportunists. They're looking to get a rise out of you. They're looking right. for, you know, a little bit of attention on Twitter. And it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. it it's not worth the fight. You know, I don't have to explain myself to you. Thank you. Sit down. That's how I feel. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's how I feel. You know, I definitely feel
3: that because I am one, I, I'm very guilty of this. If you ask me, like, your like, well, how did you feel about this or that? Like, I'm probably going to tell you because I just am going to be honest and that will get you in more trouble than anything (laughs) with you just being honest and be like, well, you're the one that asked me, but you know, I mean. Mandy what you said that totally like even I know you teach at the college level and I teach at the elementary school level like that is like what I do too like Mm -hmm. it is my job to give them the facts and hopefully in their brains they will start to you know develop their own thoughts and opinions based on the information I gave them and that's kind of how I see like us as podcasters like yeah, there are times, like, we'll cover people, and I'm like, God, I hope they stub their toe for the rest of their lives. They're such awful people, you know? But, and, yeah, I probably shouldn't say that, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, everyone else should think this way, too, because this person did X, Y, and Z, and, and it's hard not to get passionate about it or get behind that, but yeah. at the same time... You know, like we've continued to say, they have a whole other life that we, nine times out of ten, mm-hmm. we don't even have an inkling about. We only know about the terrible
1: yeah. one, ten, right. five things that they did, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, You have to it's, look at it like reviews. People are going to give you bad reviews of your podcast. People are going to give you bad reviews of your book. You know, these are people who are not with you when you write it and when you do it. You know, you have to right. take it in stride. It's like, it's like reviewers. You got to just. Take the go with the bad and leave it alone. Ignore mm-hmm. yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't respond. That's how I, just leave it alone.
0: And I think that um, this also plays into uh, my next point of discussion, which is the learning curve. Okay, none of us are going to have this 100% right when we start. Uh-huh. Except
2: Mandy. <laughs>
1: Except Mandy. I'm
0: just, kidding. I'm just
1: kidding. Sorry I had to throw it. Obviously. In. <laughs> Obviously.
0: <laughs> no, not really. I mean a lot of us are going to make mistakes. I've made plenty of mistakes and missteps in my podcasting journey. And I'm just thankful that I haven't been condemned for any of them, (laughs) (laughs) you know. But, I mean, not all of us are going to make the perfect choice every single time. No, we're people. And the situation is never going to be the same. I mean, you know, we are talking about cases, case after case after case, but they're not all the same. And the people included in them are not all the same and those people's opinions and those people's feelings and there's just so much that's always going on that you know you're never going to be perfect at doing this no you just have to keep striving to do what you think is right at the time and move forward you know and Mm -hmm. even in teaching
2: you know I'm I'm sure Stephanie you you do this every day and you teach and you you try to get the best information you can out there, but every day I'm like, oh, you know, I'm to do this a little different. Mm-hmm. And so the next class I'm teaching, I will change it up a little bit b- to, because how the students reacted to it. Mm-hmm. And I think we do that with podcasts, you know, it, depending on how mm-hmm. listeners react. exactly, We mm-hmm. will change. We don't change the information. We just mm-hmm. change how we present it. Right. right.
0: Yes. And to mm-hmm. that point... That I think that goes back to how you present um, the information. I think that goes back to sensationalization because there's definitely different ways to present that information. Like, for instance, if you have a horrible, let's just say Candy Montgomery, okay? We know that we know we know Betty Gore's death was horrible. Let's say I'm looking at that autopsy report. Is that something that I need to go down in every single little detail and report on? Probably not. Because I feel like there's a certain point in which you're going to start sensationalizing that, you know? Well,
2: and especially when you go down that and you might say the autopsy and you start... Oh, because, you know, it's going to be eventually for effect. Right. And then when you actually go to the house like we have Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, it's it's different than...
0: And it's all about perspective. But then, you know, but then you have some cases that... um, like the evans case that we worked and we have the autopsy in front of us and you have a woman who was in a domestic violence situation that she has over 60 something traumatic things going on with her body different injuries and you're going okay now i i know that once i start presenting all of these it's going to start sensationalizing Mm -hmm. so Pick out the most important parts of the story i feel like
1: well like why insult your your listeners or your readers anyway i mean like when you take into canny montgomery like you know where 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 betty we know she died by an act let's say she, she had 10 wounds i don't know how many there were it could have been 100 but she had like 40 yeah 40 okay you know i mean like why do you have to get into the nitty and gritty i think the audience can paint a picture for themselves yeah and the people who do want the nitty gritty, they're, they're the ones who are not there for the right reasons. I feel like.
0: Exactly. You know, exactly, exactly. You're yeah. Right. Because I think that you can definitely paint the picture by just simply saying she was struck 40 times versus, well, she was struck once in the face. She was struck once in the leg. Right. She was struck. like, you don't have to do that. No, right. That is turning it into gory sensationalism. I almost think it's inappropriate.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find that a little bit disrespectful to the victim, too. Yeah. You know? yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And just because, so just because you're looking at the autopsy report doesn't mean you have to report everything you well, see. Well, and you <laughs> don't know what happened,
2: in. and I, I hate to say this because I'm not making, because her death
0: is horrific and it's it's horrible, but you don't know what happened in the middle of that right. fight. You don't know what happened in that exchange. No. I mean, there's still a lot of things that... We just don't know in a lot no. of these cases. And especially with that case, like yeah. looking
2: at the house and looking at things yeah. don't match up for me yeah. after seeing the house. I'm sorry they don't match up. <laughs> but it's just you. Those are things that you, you know, like if you said, oh, well, this and this and then you actually go by the house and you see different. Then you're like, I just sensationalized that for no reason. Yeah. I right. said for for, for no, no reason. reason. Well, yeah. then it goes back to, like, the victims and the suspects' families.
4: Like, they don't want to hear that. No, yeah. That could be traumatizing. Right. Yes,
0: like re-traumatizing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know that Jax has a lot of experience. Yes. Obviously, she wrote a book or whatever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just a little book that everyone knows about. It's <laughs> a little book. Right.
0: That's so good. But I think there's definitely a way that you can present your storytelling and and still... Be a storyteller without sensationalizing anything.
1: Yeah, I, I, I remember there was this one part. And I, I really, you know, being new to it, I, I grappled. There was this one scene I had. It did not make the final cut, thank God. But there was a scene where I, I kind of depicted what the girls went through just based on the pictures. And it was, I didn't even mean for it to be sensationalized. But my publisher says this is too sensationalized. I, I see that now. I totally see that now because... I think about Laureen doesn't need to read this. She she has used her imagination plenty. She does not need me to do it for her, for other readers, you know? So, like, just Mm -hmm. don't insult the audience. They have imaginations. And in writing, you know, Stephen King says, starts with the writer but finishes with the reader's imagination. Something along those lines.
0: Oh, that's great. And
1: that's how I think it should be when you have an audience, no matter what your platform is. You know, put it out there. But let them, let it finish in their imagination.
0: You present the case and you let them, you let them decide what what happened, connect the dots and what happened. My last topic here is a lot of people think that if you are going to be in true crime, uh, whether podcasting or writing or whatever you're doing, that you need to somehow give back. So, a lot of people, for instance, claim that if you are writing a book Mm -hmm. and you do make a lot of money off of it, you should donate some of that to the victims or the victims' preferred charity or something like that. Um, If you are podcasting, then you should do something that advocates more like you're donating to an organization or something like that.
1: Yeah. I think that this goes back, once again, to ethics. I think this is a personal choice for the life of me. You know, who did Dahmer? And he didn't consult the families. Or like, you know, Quentin Tarantino, he didn't consult the Tate family when when, when, when he had right. the big Sharon Tate, you know, one of the victims of the oh. family um so you know did they have scholarships and funds for the family doubt it i don't know for sure but i doubt it so so i think it's a personal choice um i chose to do that i i i did you know help the family create a scholarship and 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 things like that um and 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 that was something that we talked about you know uh throughout the process before the show came out and before the book came out but again i think it's a personal choice i don't think if you're going to profit you know, you should. That's my yeah. opinion. But again, that's a personal. Opinion.
0: Yeah, and I think um to the, to that point is that you know a lot of people th- think that us podcasters sit around and get paid so much money. I know <laughs>
1: they think the same for writing too.
3: <laughs> <laughs> It's
0: insane how rich they think we are. I know. I know. <laughs>
3: Oh, you're a podcaster. I sure am. <laughs> you know me my steak dinner every night. Yeah, no, no kidding. kidding
1: huh? I can hear the so can shaking in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I, funny. I, I think
0: that a lot of people think that. I think more people than we think think that. and the the fact of the matter is is that, you know, even with book sales, you know, the people who make the book and print the book and all of this book, like it's a lot of it is make coming a lot out more right money there. than you. <laughs> yeah, I, they are. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. And that's the point of it is that, you know, like even if you're a published self published author and you put your book on Amazon, I have a book on Amazon and it's a, crappy zombie novels. no so, it is not <laughs> but the point Buy is it. it's good the point is there's a price point that you have to match you know that they set you don't get to set that price point and then yeah. anything after that is like okay well this so much of it goes to you know the printing of it so much of it goes to you know amazon So much, and then you're left with like a dollar after somebody <laughs> pays 21 dollars for your book and you're like okay well why did i do this again <laughs> <laughs> but I think you know people. People want you to like donate like these billions of dollars you're making, and you're like, I do not. I'm sorry to admit, do not make that much
3: money. It's my fifty cents, yeah, dollar I made.
1: That's actually more common with the families. When I, you know, even after of Heartland, you know, I, I, I had, um, I worked with other families, you know, toying with an idea, looking into exploring um, other stories in true crime. And one of the most prevalent things is how much do I get from from the families, and 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 you know wow. I'm like, what do you want? And they're like, well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, we want you know, a hundred thousand dollars, and I'm like, oh my. God. What? I would too. <laughs> I would also
2: love hundred
1: thousand dollars. <laughs> Climb on the board. No, no, no. yeah, I would. And and, and, oh. and and a lot of people won't talk to you for that for that very reason. I remember very early on, um, you know, with, with, with my job, people wouldn't talk to me because of how much I profited, and I, I was kind of inclined to say, "Well, tell me how much I'm profiting. Tell me, yeah. you know, because wow. you know um, that's not how it works." And people didn't want to be a part of that. I don't want to talk to a writer who's who's profiting and he's like well I'm putting everything I have I'm putting every sense I have into the story traveling yeah I, I really did I put all my heart and soul into it so
0: oh yes but I mean a lot of and a lot of people don't realize that with true crime comes a lot of um mental exhaustion yes mm-hmm. not not just putting your own you know because you're not going to profit until you have a product Right, yes, and so you're not going to profit now. You might have a, a bit up front or whatever, but you're not going to really profit until you put out that product. So, everything that you do up to that point is basically coming out of your pocket, it's and and it's coming out of your mental um, health in a way. <laughs> well,
2: and I want to say that I think all of us on this tonight have. Giving back to me is so much more than just monetary. Yeah. People yeah. think it means yes. monetary,
0: but the time That's times, the point I was going towards. Yeah, the <laughs> time not making money because we don't have money to give. So what else can we do? So we we drive to meet with the families. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: We drive to the scenes of um, you know, of cases that we do so we can actually view it with our own eyes so we can give you the most uh, most clear facts that we can Mm -hmm. um because a lot of times okay something looks different when you see it with your own eyes Mm -hmm. perspective so we try to do that almost uh, pretty much to everything Mm -hmm. that we do one of us will go and and see it so we can really you know see what's going on i join many 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 (laughs) (laughs) boards (laughs) (laughs) um which you know Raven knows this. Um, I've been on so many boards I can't even see straight. Mm-hmm. And that's how I give back.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I join
2: city boards, I join back to the community, domestic yeah. violence boards. I join um just any board that I can help out.
0: Well, I like to share other people's work. I feel like that's how I give back. Um, because you don't have to, again, like you just said, it doesn't have to be monetary and it is your personal preference if you want to give back at all. I feel like that too. I I also fully agree with that. But in, in, if you don't have money to donate to some nonprofit or whatever, there is plenty of ways. I mean, just sharing, just sharing the episode, just sharing the link to the book, just sharing things like that, I feel like is... In a way, advocating yes. for the the victims in those things, get you know? the
2: missing victims, share it mm-hmm. on social media. Yeah. That is a way that you can give sharing back the missing so flyers and, right. yeah. to the community. Like and that. people think, well, it's not going to make a difference if I. But you yeah. know what?
3: It could be that one time that yeah. you make a difference. Just like you never know who you're talking to, you never know who's going to see. You never something know who you're talking on to on <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. Or on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Or you could be in a picking
2: site and you just happen to talk to one of someone's cousin. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you just don't know. You and never right. I know. Mm-hmm. Pick the way that you feel like you can give back to the community the most. And if you can, do it. I know everybody can't. Some people are health-wise.
0: They can't do that. And in a way, and this might be just me, but in a way, I feel like part of giving back is doing the story in the first place. Mm -hmm. It is. Because a lot of people, especially with unsolved cases, don't want to do unsolved cases because there's no finite You know, there's no, there's no wrap up at the end. You're just going to leave your listeners or your readers with a wide open, no closed ending. But these
2: families need, they really need that platform.
0: Yeah. And I I feel like that just telling their story is a way to give back.
1: And ask them, you know, I, I think, I think a lot of True Crime creators are like, let me come in and help you. You know, but it's really, you should be going in there saying, how can I help you? Exactly. That's perfect. Yes. Exactly.
3: That's great. It's really funny because we actually were just talking about this oh, today really? yeah, on today. the drive <laughs> over that we would like to be more involved in that giving back process. We were mm-hmm. talking about some things that we could do or something that we can volunteer at because, yeah, we don't make any money mm-hmm. like newsflash. Mm-hmm. We make zero yeah. money. In fact, we would be in the negative because we spend all of our own money. Hey, I'm right there with you. (laughs) So, But, you know, there's so many things that you could do just to volunteer your time. But like you said, like I like how you said, like just sharing the stories Mm -hmm. or just that is a great way.
4: And that's what I like about the community that we kind of have is if – Raven, for instance, you post something on Facebook, you share something, we can go in and share the same story Mm -hmm. to get it out there. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I've really um, enjoyed about it is... There um, is a good sense of community. You can just, like you said, give back in a way that... Because you don't know who's going to hear it
0: or see it or you know, whatever, but Mm -hmm. that's why I'm like constantly, I love having guests on the show, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) And so I, I just love sharing everything that we're all doing, Mm -hmm. like everything that my guests are doing, everything, anyone. And I continue to share those things just like I continue to share the stories far after they've been on the show, because I truly believe in everything, everything that I have on the show, I truly believe in. And I think that that's just my ethics or my moral compass or whatever. Well, but. I do too,
2: <laughs> and that's why you know we worked together because yeah. I don't feel like I want my students to listen to anything that I feel like I would. I'm not invested in or proud of because mm-hmm. I don't want them to 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 have that right. mindset. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, well and if you don't
3: believe in it. They're going to be the first ones to call you out on it. They're going to be the first ones that are going to know. And if you don't believe in something that you're covering or believing in the story behind it, you're, you know, the fans or the listeners are going to say like, Yeah. Yeah, they did not Well, that was because you yeah. usually lax on your
0: backs, or, right? You know, you can right. tell when somebody hasn't done their homework, and right. they, they just are here to. And
2: that just hits it all back, yeah. all, or comes all full around. circle
0: around to that's ethics. Yeah, yeah and I do think that um, there's, you know, more ways to help if you if you want. Um, there's there's more. Tr- like true crime fests and crime fests out there now that you know more of us are being a part of and I think it's important that when we're there and when we're sharing about you know our podcast or our book or whatever we're, we're sharing about we're also continuing to share those stories so what we do is when we go to festivals I take some flyers I usually always print out some flyers um, the one that we went to in Dallas we had flyers out for the girls actually um, for Ashley Freeman and Laura Bible, and we have, like, a little thing we set up on the table. I think we had two or three different... two or three different cases where it was like a missing person and like two unsolved and to just kind of get people talking about it there. It's just another opportunity to share those people's stories there.
1: And I think use your strengths. Like, uh, you know, my husband, he, he, he was my right hand man throughout our six years working in Oklahoma. And I know he fell in love with the families as much as I did. Now he is not a writer. He is not a storyteller. You will never hear him on a podcast or anything else. <laughs> it, 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 it's just not his strengths. But he's he's a kind of a pretty good hustler, and he he hustled to get a lot of billboards up in Oklahoma of the girls' faces oh, awesome and like getting oh, their, awesome. you know he 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 was working with with a Nick Mech about getting their faces um on the gas station pumps. like, you know, so so he does like behind the scenes stuff. You won't see him, but he's there. And, you know <laughs> he uses his strength. And I think that we can all use our strength, you know. My, my strength is writing. That's the only thing I feel like I'm even slightly good at it on the surf. So I I use that strength, you know, I, I, I try to utilize what, whatever gifts I have. And I think everyone is very unique, but there's so much that anybody can do. They don't have to be a true crime creator. There's so much people can do. Um, it's, it's really, I mean, there's people in media, you know, uh, I know, with my work with oxygen it's, it's very different than hell in the heartland but i love getting stories out there several stories a day and you know getting the news out there and that's that's very uh, rewarding um but you can be brings
2: in, awareness yeah
1: it's like mm-hmm. you can be in media you can be in communications you could be in, in art you i mean there, you can be in virtually any field and still make a difference a teacher, it's a teacher. Yeah. exactly exactly yeah. like you know that wouldn't be a strength I have, you know. But that's a strength that somebody else has. That's what I mean. That everybody
2: can do something. Raven's a great researcher. Wow. She really does. She, I mean, she really does. I, I'm amazed at how well you research and know the facts and do your homework well, on those cases. are the, what mm-hmm. I think
0: is the the important part to share. And then uh, everything is secondary on how you share that, how you're telling your stories and stuff like that. But, but I, I do agree with Jacks. I do think that even as a listener at home there are plenty of ways that you yourself can get involved and and simply share the stories or find you know find an organization that either you want to donate to or you want to um, volunteer for there's so many Mm -hmm. that need help
2: um i can always hook you up (laughs) again I, i there's so many i i've been you know a part of so so many organizations and, you know, there's a Palomar in Oklahoma City mm-hmm. that could always use help well, and YWCA.
0: I mean, there's just yes. so many
2: different organizations. And that of course, use
0: all of these organizations need help monetary, monetarily. And of course, they need, you know, boots on the ground. But again, if you can't do either of those things, the most important thing to me, at least, is advocating and a part of that advocating is sharing those stories and and spreading awareness I feel like that's my opinion
2: and you know even getting out even getting out you know these different resources into your social media Mm -hmm. helps and there's so many Mm -hmm. you know resources with rain Mm -hmm. and just so many things that people just don't know about
0: yeah and getting just getting those resources out to people in need that you just like lit a bulb in my brain that's another thing that i was going to bring up is for content creators that is a great way to help advocate and spread awareness at the same time, is at the end of your, whatever you're doing, you can always ask for, like, a call to action. You can always say, you know, if it's a cold case, you know, if you know anything, call this. Mm -hmm. um, Share it with somebody who might know something. Um, But there's always a great section for resources. Whatever, because we cover so many different subjects, that's one thing that we try to do is like, okay, well, this was a domestic violence case. So at the end of this, we're going to share just a whole crap ton of, domestic violence resources, that I think people are afraid to reach out, even to people like us. They're afraid to reach out and ask questions, or, you know, they're afraid to call these sources that we give. Don't be afraid.
2: I'm going to tell you right resources. now you can anonymously reach out to anyone pretty much. Yeah. Um, You can anonymously reach out to us. You yeah. do not have to, even
0: OSBI,
2: it, yeah, you to, like, do not have to share your name. Put in tips. Crime stoppers. Yeah. 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 Please remember There's
0: that. plenty of ways, yeah, that you can, and they are like up to the point where you can just like
1: text message your anonymous tip <laughs> <if you're laughs> yeah. That's one beautiful thing about working at Oxygen, you know, and um, I know they that you guys had offer them on your page or you are like, oh my god, I know those people. Yes. But, you know, oh yeah. I, I get to meet so many wonderful people in law enforcement. I mean, every day. Um, well, I, I yeah, I just it's it's really amazing how many people I've met. But um, yeah, I always do that. Like if I'm if I'm writing something about domestic violence or about suicide, that's a big thing. We have like any triggers in our articles, we'll put something in there. Um, right. You know, uh, we, we have glad, but you know for gay rights you know whatever we're working on you know we'll we'll uh,
0: plug it in a very special thank you to the curious cousins oklahoma podcast for being on with us today you can find their podcast wherever you stream your podcasts catch them on social media as well follow them like them subscribe a special thank you as well to our friend jack Miller, author of hell in the heartland you can find her bio and books on our website at www.theSirensPodcast.com/slash author You can also find her books in our Amazon storefront. Thanks for listening to this special episode. Catch more next time on the Sirens Podcast. Do we have an outro? That's our outro, isn't it?